Hi, friends. I'm Mandy. And I'm Missy. And we're the Wayward Homesteaders. In this podcast, we will talk about homesteading and homeschooling. We will cover topics like food preservation, gardening, unschooling, and all the things we enjoy doing with our families. Grow with us as we talk about creating a homestead full of poop, plants, permaculture, and everything in between. Hey friends, this is Mandy from Chapel Forge. And this is Missy from Homesteading Roots. Tonight, today, this morning, it's <laughs> night when we're recording. We're going to be talking about um, our top 10 dinners. So Missy's going to share her top five. I'm going to share my top five. Um, I know that it's always super hard or it feels like it's super hard to find inspiration for dinner. I feel like at least once a day I see someone post on Facebook like, you know, what's everybody making for dinner? I'm bored with what I do, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so hopefully you find these interesting. They're not things that repulse you. Um, I would say that for the most part, they're pretty like mainstream things. Like you could make them with your homegrown, whatever, or you could buy the ingredients at the grocery store or whatever. Nothing's like outlandish. So first we'll talk a little bit about meal planning. And I know that sometimes that can like incite a lot of anxiety. It usually does for me. So as far as what we do for meal planning, I've tried all kinds of things. I've done like the print the sheet every week, fill it in, has the grocery list, pull this out of the freezer, blah, blah, blah. It was super detailed and I never stuck with it. I've done writing it on the marker board, but then inevitably my toddler comes through and he races it or writes over it or draws pictures on it. And then what the hell was it? And I have no idea. And I give up. So what we've done that's kind of stuck here lately is I just decided to make a meal plan, a seven-day meal plan that is generally the same things, um, but they could be done in many different ways. So like for breakfast, like Monday might be oatmeal, Tuesday is eggs, Wednesday is whatever, um, and I can change it up. Like the eggs could have sausage or the eggs could have bacon or they might have vegetables or whatever. You know, the oatmeal could have fruit stirred in or um, you know, brown sugar, honey, whatever. So I keep the same. And honestly, we haven't like gotten bored. We haven't been like, oh man, we just had this last week or whatever, because there's so many ways that we can do a lot of this stuff for us. That seems to be working pretty well. Um, we don't always stick to it. I would say that it's sort of a meal plan more for me than for Zad, because Zad just like gets inspired by the air. And so he just like goes and finds something and like whips up a delicious meal. Um, so I do try to pull things out like Sunday ish. I try to pull a couple things out. So like, I'll have something out for like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday or whatever. Um, sometimes that bites me in the ass. Like sometimes it just gets pushed to the back of the fridge and I'm like, Oh crap. And it gets fed to the chickens, you know? So I try not to pull too far, pull stuff out too far ahead. Um, but it has been working uh, pretty well. It's probably the meal plan that stuck with us the longest. Honestly, I probably had it on the market board for like two months, which is a pretty solid run for us. Um, so Missy, what do you do? Do you guys meal plan? I know you're like in the thralls of moving, but like, were you meal planning there? Do you plan on meal planning when you move? Okay, so I'm kind of like Mandy, and I've tried everything. I've bought the little PDFs that you can download, and it's going to help keep track of what's in your freezers and your fridge, and then making meals from that. I've done the buy a specific planner where you're going to have on one column um, the meals, you'll list all three meals each day, and then the next column it'll be the day before what you have to prepare for the next meal, and tried to get all bougie with that, and that just did not work for me. So what we're doing right now and what's working for us is I have a nine by 13 
um, pan that sits in my refrigerator. And Sundays we go out and we get five or six things of meat out of the freezer. We bring them in. We set them in the 9 by 13. That way if they start defrosting, they're not juices aren't going places that I don't want them. Um, and then usually around, I would say between like 12 and noon, it's not really, I mean, gosh, 12 and noon. <laughs> yeah. Noon and two will like start thinking about dinner because, you know, Mason comes home from school starving to death, you know, like <laughs> he hasn't eaten in weeks. Uh, so I like to have dinner kind of ready by like between five and six that sometimes doesn't happen. And it's not like it's written in stone or anything. It's just my thoughts. Um, so I like to have, something planned out usually by like 12 between 12 and two that way if I have to pull it out of the fridge and it needs to defrost more I can you know work on that um but yeah we just go to the freezer and we'll grab like five or six things of meat it'll be like ground beef or um chicken breasts or you know whatever we think we want to have that week and then we slowly just work through it like I'll open the fridge and be like all right what do I feel like eating tonight and I'll look at what we have in there and then I'll be like okay we're having tacos tonight I'll pull out two pounds of ground beef you know let that continue to thaw and that's what we're having for dinner so that's been working fantastic for us because I feel like even if it's not fully defrosted when I go to get it, I still have enough time to let it defrost before I need to start cooking it. And it's not like going to the freezer and being like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I have this chicken, but it's completely frozen and now it's four o'clock and I'm never going to get this defrosted and whatever. Um, so that's been working awesome for us. And it's been making us like go through our freezers, which I have a tendency of oh, I don't feel like digging through the freezer. So I'm just going to buy, you know, something new this week. And eventually we'll get to the stuff at the bottom. Um, so, and I don't know if that kind of forced me with the whole moving and not wanting to worry about frozen foods and all of that while we're moving, but I'm really liking this. And like, you know, the other night we just pulled stuff out and we just know like we have a pork roast in there. We have chicken in there now. We have ground beef, we have steaks, you know, whatever it's there and we can just pull it out and go. So I'm loving that. Are you almost through the freezers? We are almost. There's like little bags of like fries that, you know, that kids couldn't put the last four fries on the tray. So they thought I'll just seal up the bag and put it back in and mom will deal with it or somebody will be hungry for four French fries at some point and, you know, go make them. But yeah, so there's that kind of mess. And there's still a good bit of meat in there, but we're trying. Well, I mean, I guess if you like kept it closed and you haul tailed home in like less than 48 hours and got it plugged back in again and nobody yeah, opened thinking, it yeah we're gonna ask the movers or whatever when they go like what their time frame is and if they're like oh we'll be there within 48 hours I'm, we're gonna tape it shut and then load it on the truck and let them go and then i guess we'll just check it when it gets delivered and right it should see. be fine i feel like yeah yeah yeah, well, I have to go through our freezers this week. Like, that's on my list. I'm funny. Like, oh yeah, my gosh. I have to. Like, we have a quarter steer coming either the end of this week or the end of next week. And I was like, if you can push it to the end of next week, I wouldn't be upset about it. Right. And I've done, like, the whole, you know, trying to keep um, inventory of what's in the freezers. Well, that never works for me because sure. I'll forget to cross something off. And then I go and look at the thing and I'm like oh, okay, well, I know we've had, like, at least ground beef twice, so let's just subtract two from there, and that doesn't work for me. So I'm, it's just, like, a weekly thing that I've committed to doing. Yeah, I, I can't do freezer inventory. I'm just not disciplined enough. Mm -mm. Um, okay, so uh, another thing, too, before we get into the top ten. So you were feeding seven in Washington Borough, um, now five, soon four. So do you feel like 
you feel like you're going through less food? Do you feel like the types of meals you're preparing have changed? Um, I do. Mason's kind of of that teenage mind frame where he wants chicken nuggets and chicken patties and chicken tenders and all this frozen processed food in the freezer. Whereas little boys don't really even know that that exists. I mean, they just kind of eat what we're eating. So I feel like we're going to be saving more money there just because, you know, buying the convenient stuff is expensive. Um, and they're not as picky. I could probably make chicken nuggets, um, like homemade chicken nuggets and they wouldn't care. Mason would be like, no, this is not flat and the inside's not tinted green. Um, (laughs) I don't like this, you know? So I feel like it'll help us that, and they're not so much Sawyer, but he's three and he doesn't really eat anyway, but Jared's more open-minded. Like he's, he loves meat of any type. So for me, it's getting him to eat the vegetables and the fruits and that kind of stuff, which, Hopefully we'll be growing most of that. So it's not going to be like completely wasted or, you know, extra money spent in the long run um, to do that. But I, I feel like we will. I mean, here we get like Schwann's and and I'll be the first to say it's because it's convenient. Um, and I try to do like I'll get their veg, their frozen vegetables and their frozen food, fruits. We make smoothies and stuff out of I don't really get like their pizzas and their corn dogs and that kind of stuff. But still, like I am wanting to get away from that when we move and, you know, buy meat in bulk and, you know, have our own vegetables and all that kind of stuff. So that won't even be an option. So that'll be like another bill because they come every two weeks. And gosh, it's usually around $100 every two weeks. So that whole bill will be gone. So I'm hoping that we'll find some relief somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like everybody is in that boat right now, moving or not. Um. Mm -hmm. Okay, so one more note as far as what our household is like. So we do baby-led weaning. I did not do it with Bud because I didn't know about it. Um, He nursed till like nine months. And then, you know, we did all the typical baby food at whatever. Whenever you do the purees, like four, six months, or I don't know. People start trying to shove like oatmeal down their throats at two months and all that garbage. Oatmeal cereal and all that. We don't do any of that nonsense. So with Jameson and with Zarella. Um, we did baby led weeding and basically around six months or whenever they're showing the signs of readiness, which is like sitting up, um, pincher grip, you know, things like that, um, that they can swallow well and all that's when we start doing baby led weaning. So, um, you know, we start with like one thing at a time, you know, mindful of allergens and stuff like that. So, um, we'll do like, you know, here's some peaches and then we'll do bananas and blah, blah, blah. So typically, or at least these two by, I would say seven or eight months. I mean, they were eating like full blown meals. You know, we could put a plop of chili on their plate or their high chair tray, whatever. Um, And I do like, I don't, whatever my mom she's always like why don't you have the cover on like mom because it's a freaking mess so (laughs) when we got our high chair i ripped that stupid cover right off because then i can take that thing outside and hose it down because our kids make an enormous mess so they normally eat in a diaper naked and the chair is literally all plastic no cover no little nonsenses i can get the hose down in there get it all up in the creases and all that because we're not spoon feeding. We are literally putting whatever we're eating on their tray. And I tell you that to say that when we talk about these meals, um, our kids eat whatever we're eating. So if we're having like haddock or salmon or bison burgers or whatever it is that we're eating, you know, we're offering that to our one-year-old and our three-year-old. Um, 
Jamie is a little, he's so busy that like we put it out for him and he may or may not eat it. And it's really not a matter of does he like it or not. It's just the fact that he's so busy that he can't sit there for five minutes to eat. He'd rather just eat and passing like a bird and just grab it as he goes. Zuzu will sit there and house the meal right with us. Like she, she is all about it. So I think that that helps make my life a little bit easier because I'm not, you know, heating up a special meal for toddlers. And I'm not like, you know, like Missy said, I'm not pulling out like, chicken nuggets and heating that up because that's all they're eating and I am sensitive to that and I totally hear that sometimes that's how it is bud was like that it was a struggle oh my because I didn't start with baby love weaning I really think that's the reason um it was a struggle with bud like he ate chicken nuggets fries and ketchup and chocolate milk like that was his entire diet I think the first three years of his life after he was off the boob like that's what it was um and it took us probably till five to get him to eat like normal meals on the regular um and now for the most part there's a few things he's not crazy about um he doesn't love onions he doesn't love spinach and he doesn't love sweet potatoes other than that i would say he pretty much eats anything that we eat he loves different flavors and if you've ever met that or watched that cook you know that he makes like crazy flavors of things and like he just he doesn't follow recipes he just throws things together and it's delicious um so i tell you all that to tell you that you know the five of us are pretty much eating all the same things. And so meal planning for me doesn't have to be super stressful because I'm not planning three or four different things. So um, we'll get into our top 10. So we'll just bebop back and forth. So Missy, what's your first one? So our first one is if I have a lot of time on my hand, which haha funny, um, I will make chicken and dumplings. And this is one that the family loves and we make the noodles from scratch. We usually, you know, we'll do the chicken, the whole chicken and we pick the chicken, make the broth with the onions and the celery and then do the noodles. Sometimes we'll do noodles. Sometimes we'll just do like the blops of the dumplings, the blops of um, dough. Uh, and we'll eat on that for like two or three days. That's one of Mason's favorite meals. He'll usually eat that breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's our, that would be our top one if we have a lot of time on our hands. So this is really funny. When Missy and I were talking about this podcast, what we were going to do, I said, why don't we do like top 10 dinners? And I said, okay, text me your five. I pretty much had a good idea what they were going to be. I'm like, text me your five. Make sure we don't have any overlaps. We literally had zero overlaps, and I am not surprised one bit. Right. Um, it was hysterical. Um, so it's just kind of funny how Missy makes very, I would say, you make very, like, comfort food oh, type yeah. of meals. Like, the, the Mennonite cookbook type of meals. 100%. <laughs> like, that is your MO all the time. Yeah. I can't, man, I'm trying to figure out if I have ever even had chicken and dumplings. I'm sure that maybe I've had it, uh, but uh, I wouldn't know where to start with making it. I, I wouldn't know what it's supposed to be like or not. So oh it cracks me up that that's like your family's favorite go-to. And it doesn't surprise me that like Jeremy is all about that because he is all about like the old lady meals. Yep. And the noodle and I can't. It's the best. Um, okay. So my first and my go-to, like if I'm making dinner for sure, my favorite is chili because I feel like, you know, when I was a kid, my dad makes the most rockin' chili. My mom always made white chicken chili, which I love. Um, chili is just so versatile. So you can do it in the instant pot. You can do it in the crock pot. If you're really feeding a whole bunch of people, you can do it in the roaster. Um, I typically do chili in the instant pot. So I'll put, I love doing beans from, um, you know, dry beans. I was going to say raw beans. I guess they're raw too. Um, from dry beans. So I'll do my 
<clears throat> my beans in the instant pot and they're really not, I know that a lot of times dry beans intimidate people, um, but it's really not that hard. So you do like 10 pounds of beans, so like eight cups of water. I usually feel like it's like, if you do, I don't know, three inches of beans, then you do six inches of water. And I know that sounds very not scientific at all, but that feels like a nice general ratio. Usually I can't lie. I don't normally measure. I just like sprinkle it in and it's always fine. And you, um, do you soak your beans prior or you put them in dry? I don't, I put them in the instant pot dry. Okay. Yeah. I did soak them and honestly it was overkill with the instant pot. It's just okay. not necessary. So some of my like go-to beans, obviously kidney beans or black beans. Um, so black beans are 25 minutes. Nor great white Northern beans are like 30 chickpeas are 40. Um, I love to make hummus. So chickpeas are always on my list. Um, kidney beans are right around like 30, 35 ish. Um, but man, doing beans in the Instant Pot, it's so much cheaper. I always used to buy beans in cans, which I still have some of those on the shelf just for some convenience. But I've been pressure canning beans like whenever the pressure canner is open. Um, I'll just get some beans into the pressure canner and get them on the shelf. But if you don't have any on the shelf and you have an Instant Pot, dry beans are so cheap. I mean, and I feel like how many cheap foods are there even left that are actually good for you? Um, so easy to do in the instant pot. So, um, anyway, we do chili with fish. Um, you know, we've done like a white or so fish, chicken, and Turkey. We usually do like a white chili. Um, and then if we're doing like venison, bison, beef, things like that, um, you know, like a red meat, then we would do like a, a brown chili. <laughs> I don't know what you call that. <laughs> a, I don't know. Brown chili, I guess. Um, and again, like it's so versatile. So you can do obviously tomatoes. Um, you know, you can use, if you have some canned tomato juice, you can throw that in. You could do diced tomatoes. Um, you could do like that, you know, if you have half tomatoes from the garden and you just want to do some slices, like, I just feel like you can do anything. You can throw okra in or, um, any like green, I put some green tomatoes in chili last week and it was delicious. By the time you cook it up, you don't even friggin' know. Um, so it was a great way to use up the last little bit of green tomatoes that I had from the garden. It frosted here. Well, okay. I lied. We haven't had a hard frost. We've had a few light frosts, but the tomatoes are not very happy about it. And they're not going from green to red at this point. I made a craft ton of salsa verde. So I've just been throwing those in chili or whatever. Um, but again, you can throw so many different things in chili. You know, you plop a little sour cream or cottage cheese or even yogurt. Like we make homemade yogurt with our goat milk. Um, you can just put some of that on top if you don't have sour cream or you're not really into commercial dairy or things like that. Um, we've also <laughs> we've also done like almond um like almond cheese or cashew cheese. So if you are like a dairy sensitive family, it almost kind of doubles as like a sour cream and a cheese. And it's so good. Um, but anyway, you know, you can sprinkle your cheese on top. You could do some green onions or scallions or um, scapes or whatever it is that you have. I just, I love doing chili. Um, and of course you can do it on the stove. I just love doing it in the instant pot because I can do my beans, open it up, um, you know, I could saute the meat in the bottom ahead. I could do that on the stove. Um, it's just so easy. Or you could crock pot it. Like I said, you can throw it in the crock pot and I don't know about beans in the crock pot. I would assume you'd want to soak those first. Do you have experience with that? I don't know. Yeah. I haven't really done beans. I, I'm not sure about that. I definitely would encourage you to do your beans in the instant pot because man, it can save you some serious money. So that's my, that's probably going to be the one I talk about the most because I love chili. So what's your number two? 
Uh, so our number two is tacos. Um, we like tacos pretty much in any form. Sometimes we'll do walking tacos. Sometimes we'll just do regular tacos. I can't wait to make my own cheese to have with tacos because I like um, to taste the cheese more than I do the taco seasoning. Um, but that's one we have to be careful with because t- for some reason, taco seasoning, no matter what brand I buy, causes my husband indigestion like nobody's business. So I even bought like the organic from Azure and he was up all night with indigestion. So that's one of our favorites, but we try to limit that one only because of that. Um, it's kind of annoying because like three people like soft shells, uh, two ah. people like hard shells. I like it with Doritos. So like there's a big smorgasbord that we have, you know, I'm the only one who likes the lettuce and the tomato and the sour cream on it. So I will buy like one tomato so that it doesn't go bad and whatever. Um, but Everyone pretty much loves tacos. Sawyer, not a fan. He's not a fan of food, period. But um, hmm. tacos, he won't even, like, he says they're disgusting to even smell them. So, oh my God. whatever. Um, I love cute. doing, yeah. Um, I love doing the taco in the Instant Pot, too. Like Mandy said, you know, I'll just brown the meat up right in the bottom of it. And then I put the water in and the seasoning. And then sometimes I'll just let it sit on, like, crock pot mode all day long. And it, like, just, I don't know, it makes the flavor so much better. And then whenever someone gets hungry, they can go in and scoop it out and put it on their plate in a soft shell, hard shell, or chips. You know, like, there's lots of options. <laughs> um, so, and we've also, Jared really likes, they have, like, uh, they call them street tacos. They're like little tiny soft taco shells. He thinks that's fun. So whatever. If that gets the food into him, then I'll buy okay. the small ones. Um, I do want to like make, I have not made my own soft taco shells yet. And that's something I do want to do. Yeah, we, it's actually way easier than you would expect. We made them a few months ago. Um, and because it is really hard to find soft shells that are not full of of garbage um so uh, of course after zad's heart attack like i was on a mission to find these um the ones we buy on the on the regular from sam's um are i would say they're 95 percent clean um so i'm i'm pretty like my soul is okay with it um (laughs) but we have made them i have not made them though and then frozen them because they are a little time consuming um, like till you get all the crap out and then get the right thickness and like get your pan hot enough and that whole deal. Um, you know, and you got to make sure your cast iron skillet's like super, super seasoned because if they stick, you just have a big old friggin' pile of mess. Um, so I'd love to experiment with, maybe I'll do that this one or experiment with freezing them. Like whether it's going to be parchment in between or whatever. I was going to say about the taco seasoning. I know Jessica at Three Rivers Homestead makes their taco seasoning, but I wonder if you could pinpoint which thing like is it the cumin or whatever figure out which thing is triggering his heartburn right i would love to because he loves tacos and i feel bad every time he's like can you make tacos and i'm like babe you're gonna suffer tonight and he's like it's worth it so oh like I, I feel so bad like every time we have it or like the kids will ask for it i'm like okay should i make a separate meal for jeremy because i don't want to torture him but i wish i could pinpoint like, yeah i don't know what it is um i might i think she has that recipe on her Instagram stories. Yeah. I might try and maybe put that together and see if that helps. I just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, Maybe you can find the ticket like with the tomato sauce. Right. Exactly. If you missed that podcast, we talked about, gosh, this was a couple months ago that Missy made their tomato sauce and left the skins and the seeds in. um, And that he had no trouble with that. Like that it, whatever that is helped him not have the heartburn. So, um, okay. My number two 
is air fryer fish. So it kind of cracks me up because anytime I post about making things in the air fryer on Facebook or Instagram or really the instant pot too, everybody's like, Oh, I have an instant pot or I have an air fryer, but like, I never know what to do with it. So it just sits there. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like these are my two like most used appliances. I think besides my Vitamix, which I forgot to take the lid out of today and blew a hole out the side of my canister. So I'm currently down my Vitamix. And if you know me, that is like <laughs> vital. It's like another like arm. Um, ugh, so now I have to wait on a new canister and, I'm not happy about it. Anyway, sidebar. So air fryer fish. I love making fish in the air fryer. So we really never ate fish prior to dad's heart attack. And then obviously omega-3s became a normal part of our vernacular. So um, we are always trying to boost our omega-3s, get that HDL up and all that kind of thing. Um, So what we do for our air fryer fish is we'll do, you know, cod, haddock, salmon, really whatever I find on flash food. Typically, Um, I try to always get wild caught. We really don't do farmed um, really ever. Um, The wild caught just doesn't seem to be that much more expensive. And if I buy it on flash food, it's half price. Um, So we'll do any of those. We really love all fish, swordfish or um, halibut, anything. I mean, I don't know that we really have a fish that we don't enjoy. Um, So we just put the fish in skin side down. We'll season it with, you can season it with just salt and pepper if you want. Um, We'll put like uh, garlic or onion powder or any, I mean, you literally put anything on it that you enjoy. Um, and usually 400 for 10 minutes is the ticket. Um, that gets it to the internal temp that it needs to be. I think fish needs to be 145. Um, and to be fully cooked, I do almost always do our fish from flash food to 145 because it is like close to date when I get it. And, you know, I just don't want to take any chances and it's still, it flakes apart. It's just delicious. So, We, um, yeah, usually if we do like air fryer fish, we'll have either a salad with it or we'll do, I don't know, mashed potatoes. I would say, I know this sounds so old school, but for the most part, we do a meat, a starch and a vegetable like that just, or fruit, like whatever. That just seems to be like our MO. Um, we love, obviously I've talked about this before, high protein meals. So, you know, I love the high protein of the meat. And then if our starch, you know, with, with quinoa or something like we can get a a good bit more protein in with that. Um, but I just, I don't know, there's just something so satisfying. Like when you sit down to dinner and you have like your meat, your starch and your vegetable. And I know they say like half your plate should be the vegetable and all that. And we try to stick to that rule. Um, we're more focused on protein though, than we are about filling up on vegetables. So, Anyway, I, we also, we could use a second air fryer. We love cutting up our potatoes, like in little chunks or whatever. And again, I don't know why 400 for 10 minutes seems to be the magic ticket for everything. But if you put some, um, like chopped potatoes, I don't know what the word would be. Not really dice, bigger than a dice, chunked. There we go. Chunked (laughs) potatoes in the air fryer and season them 400 for 10 minutes. They are like crispy on the outside. They're soft on the inside. You know, you're not heating up, especially in like the summer, you're not heating up your whole kitchen with your stove and all that mess. So that's probably our favorite thing to have with fish. You could do the same thing with sweet potatoes or butternut squash or whatever. Um, mm, it, I, like I could taste it right now. I just, I really did not, I thought I didn't really like fish before Zad's heart attack. And then we figured out that we could do it in the air fryer and that just like changed the game for us for fish. Um, so Missy, what's your number three? Number three would be, I guess you would just call it baked chicken. I don't know. Jeremy does it in the cast iron skillet and it's amazing. He just adds like different seasonings, whatever he's feeling that day, um, fries it up in the, 
in the cast iron skillet and it has like this amazing like crisp on the edge of it and then he'll like when he ends it he like squirts ranch on top of it and then lets it sit there and puts a little bit of cheese on oh my gosh it's so amazing we try to kind of like dinner making is not all on me dinner making is not all on him like we try to take turns and you know sometimes I'm like just make whatever you feel like you know and then he'll come up with some you know, crazy recipe, like Mandy said, you know, they just, I don't know, I, f- I feel like it's a way for them to, like, show their love, what they can for sprinkle, sure. <laughs> what they can sprinkle in dinner. Service. Yes, exactly. Um, so, yeah, and then we'll do, like, asparagus or something with that, and that's that's one of my favorite meals, and I love when he makes that. Everybody will be like, can you make, Jeremy, can you make your chicken tonight? You know, that kind of thing, but it's a simple, you know, it's just boneless, skinless chicken breasts, throw them in, we'll do, like, six at a time in our, like, really big skillet, and oh it's so good that's i love that does your new house have a propane stove or an electric stove electric Mm, i'm waiting for you to have a propane stove because i feel like you're gonna love it so much more i know i know um and i feel like tossing around cast iron skillets on a propane stove with like a nice metal grate like you can be so much rougher (laughs) right and this is the the oven that's there now is a flat top so i'm like Oh, this will be my first flat top. And I'm like, I'm going to crack this thing or like with canning. And like, there's, there's all those issues with that. I'm a little nervous. Oh, you're going to have to check the weight of the canner and all that. Yep. Um, is the one in the basement flat top too? Yes. No, oh, come on people. Right. <laughs> Good grief. Okay. My number three. And I guess I should have said this with a, maybe a little caveat. Um, my number three is fajitas. So in my head, tacos are hard shells and fajitas are soft shells. But Missy, you talked about soft shells. So I'll just talk a little bit about we, what we do a little differently with fajitas. Um, we do fajitas for the most part because, like I said, I found some pretty clean whole wheat tortillas from Sam's that I can get shipped right to the house. Um so I don't have to fret about tortillas and we just love having tortillas on hand because you can literally use them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, and they're like a hundred calories. So it's not like a, like a calorie deficit sabotager. Um, so anyway, for fajitas, for us, we, any meat, again, fish, chicken, ground beef, ground bison, ground venison, whatever. Um, occasionally we might do some kind of sliced meat, like some sort of like a roast that dad slices up thin, like he does it in the sous vide and then slices it up thin. Um, we don't tend to do that a lot just because the baby only has a couple teeth. Um, so that's a little challenging for her gumming the, the sliced, you know, deer steak or whatever. Um, so when we do fajitas, we normally will put rice in it. So again, I do my rice in the instant pot. Um, so like high pressure, five minutes, 15 minute release, um, and then just kind of fluff it up and it's great. I used to do my rice in the rice cooker, but it had a nasty, like nonstick interior pot thing and it was all scratched. And when I realized how terrible that was for me, I ditched it. So we just do it in the instant pot now and it's perfect. Um, and so you do like one part water, one part rice. Brown can sometimes take a little bit longer. You might just have to play with that. Um, and you can also, instead of using water, you can use broth. So if you want to get like some bone broth in there, get a little good collagen up there in your rice um according to sally fallon morant sally what's her name uh, sally fallon morell yes yeah, that's it who wrote nourishing traditions the heat does not kill the collagen which i think is fascinating to me so um you know if you want to get some of that good collagen in your rice that's a great way to do it you can salt it or not so when we do our fajitas we'll do like the whole wheat fajita 
whatever our meat's going to be, um, mix some rice in if we really want to beef up the meal. If we do it with rice, I would say, like, that's what we're eating for dinner. Like, there's not sides or whatever. We kind of put all the sides in the fajita. Um, and we'll just mix in whatever vegetables we have, like, whether it's um, broccoli or if we have, like, some leftover cooked carrots, like, you know, whatever. We'll just put all kinds of that stuff, just throw it in there. Um, obviously, if, if there's fresh lettuce from the garden, if it's that time of year, we'll do, like, a bed of lettuce in it. Um, you know, sour cream, cheese, all the normal things. Um, sometimes we'll throw beans in too. Like we really want a protein packed meal. Um, and we'll do this with breakfast too. Honestly, like <laughs> Bud calls them egg Ritos. Um, <laughs> cracks me up every time. I feel like something Mason would say. Um, it's hysterical. So we'll do egg Ritos for breakfast. Um, and we'll do like eggs and beans and meat. Especially if it's a day like we know, like we're leaving early and we got a bunch of errands and whatever, and we want to have like a solid breakfast in us, um, you know, we'll just get all that good protein in there. And um, fajitas again, like, so you'll hear my theme here. Like when I say my meal plan says chili every Monday, fish every Tuesday, like we're not having salmon every Tuesday and we're not having beef chili every Monday, you know, we're mixing it up. And fajitas is another one that you can literally use any meat if you don't do meat at all and you're a vegetarian, you could very easily do beans, rice, and vegetables. Um, so it's a very versatile meal that we eat, I would say, <laughs> several times a week. So what's your number four? So number four for us would be goulash, which I know cracks you up. It cracks um, me up. When you said goulash, <laughs> I couldn't even take you seriously. My mom has made this, you know, ever since we were little. And it's so good. And it's so easy. And I do it now. Like, I don't even follow a recipe. It's just elbow noodles, ground beef. And then I either do, like, V8 or, you know, diced tomatoes, whatever, to make, like, a tomatoey broth. And then I'll add, like, a bay leaf and you know, some seasonings in there. And I just let that go like on the stovetop or in the instant pot, like on crock pot mode and just let all those delicious flavors, um, marry. And, um, a funny story that I have about the goulash is after I had Madison, I had started, um, getting like anxiety issues and I was sitting at work the one day and I started like feeling like I was crawling out of my skin and I got that, like, like the meat sweats, you know, when you're like, (laughs) you feel hungry and I'm like, do I need protein? Like what, what am I lacking? So I'm sitting there behind my desk and I'm just like staring into space and I'm like, I really don't feel right. Something's wrong. Do I have a fever? What's happening? So I like walked over to my office manager and I was like, I don't feel good. I'm like sweating. I don't know what's going on. I need to go home. And she's like, that's fine. Go. So I didn't go home. I drove to my mom's work and I like stood in front of her desk and I'm like, there's something wrong with me. And she's this is like, at the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, there's something wrong with me. And she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I don't know. I feel weird. I'm like shaky. I'm weak. I'm sweaty, you know? And she's like, okay, we'll sit down for a minute. I'm like, I don't know if I need meat or like (laughs) what, like what's going on. If I'm fighting something, I don't know. And I'm like, I'm really hungry for goulash. And she's like, you're a mess. (laughs) So, um, I'm like, can you like, are you, will they let you leave? Can you come home with me and like make goulash? So I left work early. I go to my mom. I make my mom leave work early we're like in the car on the way home and I'm like just swing into John hers and get the ingredients for it. So you can make me goulash. I think that's what I need is goulash. Cause it'll have a lot of protein and whatever. Oh, my God, <laughs> it was, the, but she did. She went into John hers willingly, got all the ingredients for goulash. She went home. She made me goulash. And when the goulash didn't cure my, ailment, <laughs> I knew something more was wrong. And that's when I started with like my panic attacks and my anxiety. Oh. And here it wasn't my lack of goulash. It was, 
you know, panic and anxiety attacks coming in strong. So I funny was story. Waiting to every hear time I... if the goulash solved all your life's problems. Yes, exactly. I wish because good grief, I'd be having it every other night if that were the case. Um, but yeah, so the, every time I think of goulash, it like takes me, flashes me back to that. And it's like a good sca- slash scary time. So I have mixed emotions about goulash, but we love it here. And I love, you know, just adding different, my mom, I think she just did like ground beef, elbow noodles, um, garlic, garlic powder, maybe some onion powder. I don't know. You can really put whatever in it you want, but it's so delicious. I am dying. And any ridiculous requests that Madison has ever crossed your lap <laughs> with, I feel like you deserve. Right, exactly. Like, I don't even know why you would question anything she ever asked for. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. And you know what is so funny is when we, like years ago, when we were talking about goulash for the first time, my mom made that a lot too, but she called it worms in the dirt. Oh. Yeah, <clears throat> that's what she called it. So, like, as a kid, I was always confused because, like, when I go to Dutch Way, worms in the dirt was, like, pudding with, like, gummy worms and, like, crushed right. Oreos. So I'm like, wait, I don't know what I'm eating. Right, she tricked me all these I'm so confused. So it cracks me up that that was, like, and my mom would make it by, like, the vat. Yeah. Like, yep. we'd have it for, like, three days. <laughs> oh, totally. My mom would freeze it, and it'd always be in the margarine <laughs> containers in the freezer. You never know what you're getting. Goulash or butter. Right. Cool whip. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so great. All right. All right. So, my number... Oh, my gosh. I lost track. Are we on my number four, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. My number four is burgers. Um, And I know that... This always frustrates me, especially in post-heart attack life, because people are like, oh, burgers, like, you're going to kill yourself with beef and bacon or whatever, you know, and I'm just like, maybe you should fly a kite, because we're not talking about a McDonald's burger here. Like, I'm talking about some homegrown freaking meat and some high-quality bread that, whether I baked it or I didn't, or whatever. So, for burgers, again, the versatility of burgers is uh, so wide. So if we're doing, and some people might argue that this isn't a burger, but you know, if we're doing some kind of a white meat burger, as in turkey, chicken, fish, you know, we'll like grind it all, not grind it, kind of like shred it all up and marry it together with like some relish, some egg, you know, make like a nice little patty. I love the word patty. (laughs) Make a nice little patty and throw it in the cast iron skillet. Um, or obviously you can do something more traditional like venison beef bison i love how do you love how i talk about venison and bison like everyone has that in their freezer right it's like Um, just roaming in their backyard (laughs) right they just got one out back um they just go harvest it when they're ready so um you know you could also do a typical red meat burger too we don't we don't do red meat i would say we do red meat like maybe once or twice a week we really try to like split up the white meat, the red meat, and the fish. Um, not really for any particular reason. You know, of course, after Zad's heart attack, like the heart people were like, oh, never red meat, it's the devil. Um, you know, and that sent me spiraling into like mega anxiety because I'm like, oh God, what are we going to eat now? Um, and so I really just mix it up for the fact that they all have different benefits. Like the white meat, the fish, and the red meat all give us different things. You know, there is a lot of iron in red meat and like other nutrients and things. And so I don't feel like red meat is the devil. Um, Fun fact is we got the bison because we were pretty low on beef at the heart attack time. Um, And so bison has more protein and less calories in the same amount as 
beef. Um, and that was really the reason that we got the bison. Plus, we just love bison. We had it for the first time in Montana. Um, and it's just phenomenal. Um, it's definitely a little leaner like venison. So you need to be mindful of that when you're cooking. But, um, you know, when we make our burgers, so obviously don't overhandle because that's going to make it get kind of slimy and then it'll fall apart or whatever. Um, we always use like eggs, sometimes breadcrumbs. Um, that'll usually sprinkle in like some random seasoning. Sometimes they'll stuff it with a little bit of cheese or things like that. Instead of putting it on top, we usually just do them in the cast iron skillet, but you can also do them in the air fryer. Um, obviously that'd be a little bit healthier, but we're using healthy fats. So again, I'm not worried about it. Like we're using pig lard that we rendered or tallow that we rendered, um, you know, things like that in our skillet or baking grease or whatever we have sitting on the counter. Um, but you can also do them in the air fryer. We usually shoot for like 160 on our burgers. I know some people are going to be like, that's true leather. I I don't know. I don't really play games with ground meat as far as temperatures go. I usually take it to, I mean, we would probably do medium wellish, leaning on the wellish side. Um, <laughs> something that we, since the heart attack, also always have, like it is magnetized to the, what is it called? The range hood. I always want to say hood range. <laughs> Oh, the range hood is our thermometer. So our instant read thermometer, you know, with the little flippy out thing, I have like a cheap one from Amazon. Um, but we always have that on hand because we, you know, uh, you can't guess about these things. That's when you have overcooked meat. And that's when people get turned off. Like I used to think that I hated pork chops. <clears throat> and once we started using the thermometer and cooking the pork chops to the temperature that it was supposed to be like, I love pork chops. Now we have pork chops a few times a month, I would say, depending on when we got our last pig and whatever. Um, but pork chops are great and you can really, well, I'm, this is not my number four. It's just a little side note. You can really jazz up your pork chops with like a chutney or like things like that. Um, we've even like, done watermelon rind preserves um i know that sounds so outlandish to some people but um it is delicious on pork chops so it's orange marmalade things like that so anyway burgers again you know as far as our sides go with a burger we might do like a salad depending on what the time of year is um we might just do something simple like get a jar of applesauce off the shelf that we can um and get some like good whole grain kind of tortilla chips with some salsa or something like that um so we love burgers there's a thousand ways you can do them zad loves making them all bougie and like you know if you follow me on social at all you've seen my like pretty pictures of chef zad and like he tilts the bun and like we get a great picture and it's all nice um so yeah that's one of our favorites so what's your number five Number five for us would probably be roast. We kind of probably do a roast once a week. Um, now we'll do like pork roast, like the Boston butts. Um, we'll do beef roast. Um, you and your sweet meat. I can't even handle mm. it. Yummy. We not, and you we do would not have do... roast on your list. Oh, totally. I um, cannot. Meat and potatoes. All the meat and potatoes. Um, but yeah, like we'll do like a beef roast and I've found doing it in the Instapot. I don't like to have to chew my meat more than like five or six times. I can't with you. That it's too tough. So I've found in the Instapot, I will put it in like in the morning and put like my broth and potatoes or whatever vegetables in my seasonings and I'll start it um, doing like a slow, slow cook. I'll do that for like five or six hours and then I put my my locking lid on and I'll pressure cook it for like maybe 30, 40 to 45 minutes. And then I'll let it completely come down to pressure. Like I won't release the pressure at all. Let it manually come down to pressure itself. 
and then I take it off and it is like melts in your mouth so we've been doing that with beef and like pork we'll shred up the pork and do like pulled pork sandwiches um we'll eat it as just like a roast with slices uh we'll make gravy out of the drippings um and you'll all be proud of me i saved the drippings from my beef roast last week and we're going to be using that in some other recipe i can't even with myself hot Um, dog Right. And it looks delicious. Oh my gosh. It looks so good. But yeah, we do roast a lot. And sometimes I feel like that's like another like easy meal for us. We throw it in the crock pot, let it go for hours. And then I just at the last minute switch it over to the um, pressure cooking it. And oh my gosh, it's delicious. And I love when you can like throw potatoes or vegetables in and it's like all a meal in one. Love that. I can't. You, you kill me. <laughs> our, our oppositeness with dinners is cracking me up. Um, okay. So my number five is stir fry. So um, again, stir fry is <laughs> six is my theme here. I feel like rice, meat, and, and beans. Um, so stir fry again, super versatile. You can use chicken, turkey, fish. Um, we don't often use ground meat for a stir fry. That's not really my favorite. Um, we'll usually use a white meat for this one. I would say most often chicken or turkey. Um we have never been super successful with raising meat chickens. Um, we, yeah, we did great with our turkeys this year. I think we have a better system plan for next year to do meat chicken. So we don't always have chicken because grocery store chicken really wigs me out. So we just kind of lean into the turkeys that we grow. Um, it's really not that different. Um, so for us, for stir fry, like this is a great meal to have the day after we just had rice because we'll use our old rice, old meaning it's like a day old, um, you know, that'll do, do the meat in the cast iron skillet and then get some vegetables in there, get them a little tender, throw the old rice in, you know, crack an egg or a couple eggs on it. And I mean, that's just like a nice bowl meal. Like if we're just like had a long day and everyone is like, we're going to eat dinner on the couch and binge a show. Like that's a great, like, binge netflix while you eat out of a bowl on the couch like that's my favorite kind of couch dinner um which i know you're like oh my god we don't even eat on our couch but (laughs) so yeah those those are our top 10 meals um so i'd love to hear what your guys's favorite meals are like are do we make any of the same things that you make or do you have like some you know total off the wall things and I think what's interesting, though, the theme in this whole, you know, little top 10 thing, even though our stuff was like way on opposite sides of the spectrum for the most part, is none of this was like, and I'm not knocking you if this is what you do, but none of this was like, open up a can of condensed blah, 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 you know, (laughs) any of that garbage. Um, And I'm not saying that to like convict you. I'm just saying that making meals from scratch does really not have to be this whole huge event. You know, if you keep the ingredients, I was thinking about this yesterday when I was starting to think about cleaning out the freezers, you know, we keep a lot of just ingredients. And even in the stuff that I can, I often just keep ingredients. Like I just had this conversation with someone the other day. Um, uh, I think it was like in a Facebook group, this lady was asking about seasoning her tomato sauce. And I was like, you know, I literally just can plain tomato sauce. I don't, salted you know it gets the lemon juice for the acidity but i don't i don't do like this flavor and that flavor i don't think that's a bad thing to have that versatility on your shelf have those different things but i 
love being able to pull off a jar of tomato sauce and it can literally go in chili as a topping, you know, get mixed into different pastas, you know, whatever. We can season it as we go. So I love, and especially if you're trying to move towards like a whole foods journey or a whole health journey or whatever, um, having just single simple ingredients really simplifies things instead of like, oh, I have this one thing and I can only do this with it or whatever. And I think that's a recurring theme between both of our things. Like, you know, you guys could obviously take your chicken breasts at, you're not buying baked chicken at the store, like from the ready-made section. Like if you wanted to, you could take those chicken breasts and do something else with it. Right. We Um, usually do like, we'll shred, like whatever's left, we shred up and make chicken salad with, and it's so good. Oh, so good. Yeah. Salads are another, those kinds of salads are another, like, we'll have to do like a lunch one. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a go-to lunch for us. Like throw in our homemade mustard, homemade relish, a little bit of the yogurt that we make from the goat and like, boom, there's like a delicious, healthy protein packed meal. Um, So that's for another, another day though. So anyway, if you guys have questions about any of the things that we talked about tonight, I hope it gives you some dinner inspiration. Don't overcomplicate your meal plan because you'll just drive yourself crazy. If that's something you've been trying to like figure out what to do, you're not the only one that struggles in this department. So um, next week, we're going to be talking about sensory processing disorder, um, which is something that uh, one of Missy's kids has. So a little bit way big change from the dinner conversation, Um, but still something that affects our daily life, uh, their daily life Um, and moving forward with their homestead, like how Missy's going to have to do things a little bit differently and whatever. So it's going to be a really interesting conversation. Um, And so we'll see you guys next week. Bye friends.